Good Monday morning, my peeps. It's Yo Adrian Talks. And today I'm super excited because this woman has really been a huge, huge part of my journey with Tastefully Simple in the last year and my growth and um, learning. And so I'm so excited that Connie Ashburn is here with you guys. She is brilliant and is bringing some amazing topics for us to talk about. So Connie, would you introduce yourself to them? We're so happy to have you. Well, thank you. And thank you for that wonderful introduction and brilliant. I'm not sure anyone has ever said that, but thank you. So You are brilliant. So they should say it more. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I've spent 21 years in the field. So I built three pretty large businesses, actually one really large, but two that were, were pretty good. And then nine years in corporate indirect sales specifically. So I just, we're going to talk about sponsoring, I guess, and maybe just new consultants, getting them started off to a great start. And whether it's like you said earlier, a new employee, it doesn't matter to understand a little bit about the psychology that's going on when someone begins a new, starts a new journey. So I just personally, in my, in my journey, I learned to love bringing on new people and the challenge that that brought and the rewards that it brought my business that I would never have experienced if I didn't jump into that pool. And, but it took some time. It took some time to understand what worked and what didn't work and what I could do differently as a leader to hopefully maybe increase the percentage of people that came into the business and felt successful. So if that if that recaps it, there it is. Yes. And that's what I love because I felt like that's what I really learned from you is that, you know, when people come in, we have a tendency to be afraid, right? Like we don't want to scare them off, I guess, is, a t is something a lot of people say, right? In direct sales, but they want something right out of the business. And you really taught me to focus on that. Why? But also the explanation of how coming on is not just going to happen overnight right? Like it's not just, they're not, they don't sleep on a book and wake up and, everything. and know everything. Wouldn't it be great if it worked that way? <laughs> so well, I, oh, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. I know you brought this to me and I just, I think it's going to be so great for the listeners. So, well, I can remember when I started recruiting consistently and it took me a full year before I kind of that light bulb went on and went, Oh my God, I got to step into this, into this thing. And it, I was so curious why some new consultants succeeded and others didn't. And it just, I would sometimes predict whether I felt that person was going to make it, you know, and, and it's just, you, sometimes you were really right. And sometimes you were really wrong. And I, you know, honestly, so those, it's, it's so true because to... you try to stereotype, but you don't know who needs oh. money or who wants the fun or who wants to go on a trip. Right. Until mm -hmm. you ask. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, maybe some of your listeners were people that just got it right away you know, you had a reason you got it as we talked in the past, you know, where something that you really wanted to go for kind of clicked for you. And that's when you kind of stepped in and made things happen. And if you're one of those people that is, you know, self-starter, whatever that really means, but you know, someone that just kind of figures it out and gets their journey on board and you're trying to figure out why doesn't everybody do what I do? You know, it doesn't sometimes make sense. So I think it's just what I saw, I think, most consistent consistently was that consultants getting off to really a great start. I thought if I got them in and got them selling right away, and then they were just when I thought things were going pretty well, all of a sudden you would see them fizzle out. Right. Couldn't like the ghosting. Out. We hear a lot about ghosting, right? They start ghosting well, you. 
Exactly right. And I used to call that cocooning because someone would be out there, they'd be doing Hmm. their thing and then stuff got a little difficult and maybe it didn't turn out exactly as they thought it was going to. And if they weren't clear on what the heck they were doing and why they were doing it, they would cocoon, meaning they'd crawl in bed, pull pull the cover over their heads and, you know, they'd act like they didn't exist anymore. And it's just what I found is if I could communicate in a way to help them understand there was a, a like phases, this is where this four stages come in that we're going to talk about, would happen and it was going to happen to them, they could really start to understand that what they were experiencing and what they were feeling was normal. So I just started digging in and figuring out what I could do as a leader differently just to increase the percentage of those that just hung there through Fast Start or through whatever Quick Start program any company might have, um, keeping them beyond that first three months, which is so critical. And if, if, if any company looks statistically at what happens with someone that makes it through their first, let's say, two to three months, whatever their program is, and then they keep them beyond that. So six months, I think, is kind of like a good benchmark. Their chances of sales success long term is much greater. So when you really understand how important it is to invest in those new people, new employees, new consultants, whatever the case might be how important it is to get them to that confidence and comfort level because long-term it's going to pay off. Right. Sometimes we might feel, you know, like what we're being compensated for, for this extra time we're spending with that person isn't worth it, but you have to look at the long-term potential. You can't look at the short-term, if that makes sense. Yes. That's a very good point. Cause I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people forget about that. Like you are, you know, like, like you said, with any job, right. When you come in, you're putting effort in on the front end so that in the back end, they're going to be able to be smarter than you help you along, be better than you work together. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's what you want. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the key is honestly for any consultant to be a better consultant or an employee than you are. Right. That's a great thing. That's a great, great thing to, to celebrate. It's not a competitive thing. It's really helping people to find their element, find their why, and to just figure out that niche that's going to help them really be successful there. So we have to really understand when a new consultant starts, and I keep saying consultant, and I know you have other people that that come onto this podcast that might be in a, an employee relationship, but when someone joins a company, they don't know what's normal. And so when we, when we, undersell what I would say the potential were honestly, in my opinion, doing a disservice. So every direct sales company is going to have a fast start, a quick start, some type of a program because they're setting the standards low enough that people coming in that may not be experienced feel successful. And you know, when someone feels successful, they want to keep going. Right. However, we undersell that potential because if it is, let's say it's um, you know, a couple hundred dollars every few weeks or it's $500 a month or whatever it is, in most plans, compensation plans, that person might earn a hundred bucks, $150, whatever. Right. Right. It's not going to be life-changing money. I mean, right. in most cases it could be, but in most cases it's probably not life-changing. Right. So if they step back and don't work for a month, it's not really hurting that much. And we want to put them in a place where they can see the potential of what's in front of you. So let's say if we started talking to people in the beginning about selling 2000 or 3000 a month, what that might earn them and what the potential is. And then the fast start or quick start or whatever program that, that their company is working around, 
those things are going to come when you're talking about those sales levels, because most are well below that. Well, of course. So, yeah, that's yes. Exactly. With income potential. And then back up and say, in addition to that, you know, this program has been designed for our brand new consultants and you're going to ace this. I mean, you're going to ace this. So how does that sound to you, Adrian? Does that amount of money sound like something you could work with with your family? So now I'm putting it on you to really understand, gosh, what if I could sell that amount of money every month and I could be earning 300 or 400 or 500 dollars a month instead of 100 that's a whole nother discussion that, that you and I, as a leader and new consultant, are going to have because now your eyes are open to what's possible. For so sure. we just have to be, I guess, cautious, careful, whatever that word is, that we don't undersell what is possible here because we know it's good. That is such a good point because I think so many times, like you said, when people get started, the the sponsor is worried about like, oh, I don't want to push them too hard, but it's not about pushing. It's about mm-hmm. figuring out like, like you said, that money could change everything. I mean, that could be a car payment. Like we don't even have to worry about our car anymore. Right. Like mm-hmm. that can, that can cover so many, uh, go on vacation multiple times a year. I mean, there is a lot of things that that can change for someone. And it would be easy for me to say to you as a new consultant, you know, Adrian, like what could $500 a month do for you? You start to dream a little bit about boy, like you just said, it could maybe cover a vacation. Maybe it could cover that car payment. And it really starts the conversation where you're driving what that potential could mean to you specifically. I'm not trying to push you to do something you don't want to do. It really is about like, oh my gosh, this could be bigger than I thought it was going to be. And so we've got to sell, you know, I don't want to use dream, you know, loosely, but we've got to sell a little bit of that dream and that potential because they're not going to figure it out themselves. They're right. not. They don't know. They don't know what's normal. They don't know what's what's typical. So anyway, I mean, I, I really would like, if you don't mind, just talk about a few things. Well, I want to go back, first of all, and mention you said something earlier about making them fearful, you know, that right. they're afraid or yeah. we're afraid to share because yeah. we don't want to scare them away. Right. And that is a massive point to me. I want to make sure I just reiterate that because when we don't don't set expectations and share what's possible. The thing that they need the most is to understand expectations and to what is normal and what's possible. And that's the thing that we shy away from the most. I mean, it's just kind of interesting. So, you know, if you feel like you're trying to be cautious and careful and you don't want to scare them away, you don't make it seem like work, understand this is work. It does take time to learn but I'm going to tell you, if you spend the time, it's going to be worth it to you because this is what could happen. Right. And now it shifts everything. It shifts everything. Right. So Absolutely. Because now they see what, what, like you said, what the potential is, like what they could walk away with and what they could have monthly that could change their lives. So absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. So I would say one of the first things, if you are someone that has already recruited some people, you've got a team, no matter what size it might be, look at your personal and your team stats as it relates to new consultant success. So think about like what their average party is as an example, you know, look at how long it takes someone to basically turn in their first, their first party. Um, Maybe those percentages of people that are achieving the quick, quick start or fast start program that your company has, you know, how many of them are actually making it all the way through. And then what percentage of people actually go past that? So you've got them past that first two months or three months, whatever it might be. And do they keep going? 
So look at that first. So you've got some benchmarks to work from. And at some, you know, when you, when you're really looking at this, it's probably going to frighten you a little <laughs> So <laughs> because you're going to look at it and go, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing wrong? And what do I do to change it? So it's kind of when I came across that four stages of competency that really changed everything for me. So I'm going to just cover those four stages quick, if you yep. don't mind. Yes, okay. absolutely. I love them. So the first phase is, so I just want to say when you, you know, whenever you start this new skill, this is a, it's a practice or a process of practicing until that skill becomes natural. Okay. That's really what it's about. And we don't give enough emphasis to this to help, first of all, for us to understand what's going on in their minds and then help them understand what they're going through starting this new journey. So the very first phase, it's four phases, is called unconscious incompetence. And that's basically when you don't know what you don't know. So someone sees you at a party or they're part of an online thing, you know, or even if they're someone that's, like you said, working for you, it might be they walk in, they love this business, they like your model, whatever it is, but they don't really know what they don't know. So they're jumping in with both feet thinking, this is going to be fun. This is going to be easy. I'm going to earn a little extra spending money, whatever it is. So it's just happy, you know, it's yep. the way they're excited. Is. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're excited. And that's a good thing. So you feel like I can do this. No problem at all. Then they move into what we call phase two, which typically happens pretty fast. And it's conscious incompetence. So now they're finding out what they don't know. So it's just they're they realize there's an order process to go through. They've got some, you know, phone calls they're going to make that are not going to go as they thought they would. You know, they're they're contacting friends that they thought would have a party that don't, you know, all yep. of those things happen. And so all of a sudden they're feeling very ill-prepared and feeling like, oh my gosh, this is a little bit more than I thought it was going to be. It's a little harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and this is the phase where we lose people. Right. Because phase three, I need to explain that. Phase three is conscious competence. So now you know what you don't know, and now you can do something about it. So participating in some of your training programs or the company training programs or the coaching things that are available or the direct sales, modern direct seller is an example, Becky Launder or Brenda Stir, all those people. There's so many great, you know, direct seller um, speakers and podcasts and all of that kind of stuff, like jump into it and really figure out what you don't know and figure out how to overcome it. But between phase two and phase three, where we have that conscious incompetence, moving into conscious competence is where we lose people because right. they're not really invested enough yet. And they don't really know what it's going to take to get to help them be successful. And that's where we come in as a leader. And so it's really having those programs in place to help them and help them to understand they're going to hit that, that wall and they're going to hit that roadblock. And it's normal. It's normal. And there's ways to get around it with all the training and the support that's offered. So you've got to invest some time in education. You just have to. So, and it's just, if, if you want to be successful here and hit that, that benchmark that you're looking for, that goal that you're going for, you've got to will be invested in yourself. There's no question. So then you move into phase four, which by that point you've got them, but it's unconscious competence. So it's like driving a car, going down the expressway, painting your nails. I mean, put mascara on, whatever. <laughs> you know, when you started as a driver, you were you couldn't even look in the rear view and the side view mirrors at the same time as you were, you know, driving the car down the road. But it just becomes very natural. 
And for the fourth stage, it may take you a year, it could take you two years, it could take you three years. It really depends on how often you are actually engaging in your business. Because we talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, if you're starting a job and you go there once a month, and it's, how do it's you gonna expect- take you a long time yes. to know what you're doing? <laughs> how do you expect to get good at whatever that skill set that you're trying to learn if you're only showing up once a month? Yep. And it's one of the reasons Fast Start and Quick Start programs are in place to get people engaged quickly so they can hopefully learn faster. And so one of the reasons I would take people through training and really instill this whole four stages thing is I wanted to help shorten that learning curve that they had. Right. I didn't want it to take six months before they felt confident. I was hoping it was going to come like after three months. Right. You know, where they started to feel comfortable and they were moving into phase three at that point where they were willing to invest and saw, yeah, I've got some things I need to learn, but now I know I need to invest some time in, in training and education to get better at this. Yeah. So, and I loved it when um, you kind of, rela- you know, like you said, you related it to like going to work once a month and then mm-hmm. showing back up and trying to remember the pro- the programs, the computer programs, what you're supposed to do. Um, and so I loved when you put with the phases, like it's almost like, you know, phase one, you're in your first few parties, right? Where you're just excited, mm-hmm. but you're not really sure. Phase two, <laughs> you're working through, you know, you're probably up to five or six parties maybe. And you're still like, oh my gosh, asking, and this is uncomfortable standing in front of people. And I don't exactly know how to place orders. You've heard people be like, I calculated shipping wrong, or, you know, all the things (laughs) that come with starting, you know, your business and learning. And, but then the phase three is what really hit me is that you've got to be, you know, plus way over six to 10 to be in this place of like, Hey, I'm getting it right. Like I get it. I know where I'm at. And then to be an unconscious competence, you said it's like 12 plus parties, right? Like you are literally like, so think if people had, you know, 12 parties in two months, like you said, they're getting through this so much faster. But when I look, you know, when you look, like you said, taking your stats or in general stats in the business, and look at how long it takes someone to get to 12 parties. If they're only doing one party a quarter, I mean, you're talking, it's going to take years to get them to that Mm -hmm. stage, that Mm -hmm. phase four. And so um, I really loved when you put that in perspective, because a lot of us think like, oh, well, they had a party, they hit 500. So that's good. They know what they're doing. They are not even close to knowing what they're doing. (laughs) And I never thought of it that way, you know? Well, and what's interesting is 12 is a number. I mean, it's arbitrary, right? but if it takes you 12 or a year to get through 12 parties, how will you be as a consultant versus that one you just mentioned that maybe did 12 parties in three months? Completely different, completely different. And I can assure that that person that did 12 parties in three months is going to be much further along on the learning curve than even that person that finished their 12 parties in a year, because you just have too much downtime in between and consistency and momentum are two of your greatest um, assets when it comes to direct sales. No question. Yeah. That's a good point new- too. Just mm-hmm. like the, once you get in the consistent routine of I'm having a party a week or I'm doing whatever it is mm-hmm. that you decide is what you need to make that money. That's life-changing money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you decide is going to work for you when you start doing that. It is Absolutely. unbelievable. The difference. And it is, it is. And no one wants to do anything that they feel 
you know, half baked for, you know what I mean? Like if you go out once a month and do a party and you constantly feel like, oh, this is so hard. And I don't, I don't feel like I did this well, or I could have done that better, whatever. It's always feeling like you're in this place of um, not really being so good. You know what I mean? Right. And I want people to feel like they can be a really good consultant and they can service their customers well and give people a really great party experience, whatever that looks like but they can't do it if they don't do it often enough. They just can't. So So. true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, but it it was funny before I had this conversation with you, I just never had thought of it that way. Even when you brought up the driving, remember my son Mm -hmm. had just started driving Yeah. and like watching him and like, oh, this is weird. This, wait, what's that? What do I do here? And now Mm -hmm. we're a year later, Connie, and he is driving (laughs) probably better than me, right? Like he's got it. It's like, but it, I watched all these phases in the same Mm -hmm. way. And I was like, wow, you know, for some reason, like we talked about people in direct sales think that they're just going to come in and be successful right off the bat. Like nobody walks into a nine to five job and goes, I'm just going to walk in and know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was such a, and, and as I've explained it to people, since you've talked to me about this to see the understanding in their eyes of like, Mm -hmm. this isn't going to be just, I know what I'm doing, but I can figure it out. And when I'm stressed, instead of cocooning away from my leader, I will cocoon and call my leader and be like, I'm really upset right now. This didn't go how I want it to go. Because we all know when you're in phase four, where, you know, I would say I am, I've been doing it long enough. I still have days where I'm like, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. I just don't cocoon anymore. I just go, okay, what's different, right? And exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it's important if you're sharing these phases with your brand new consultant, so they understand what's going on to really talk about when you get to that place where I know you're not going to return my calls. I mean, I know what's going to happen because you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to feel weird or whatever the case might be. I am encouraging that's the time when you need to call me. Okay. I mean, that's, that's really key that understanding that cocooning stage when we it's ghosting or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> we want to try to prevent that because we can help people if they reach out. What's frustrating is we're reaching out to them constantly. They're not, you know, sending the ball back. We can't really find out what the real issue is. And we end up just getting frustrated. They get frustrated and they leave thinking the business doesn't work and they haven't even given it any time yet. And I just, I want to relate what you said to pickleball. I started playing pickleball in December, you know, I retired. And so, you know, when I went out those first few times, I was awful and I could have easily, I mean, you come into these courts where all these people have been playing together for years. It's very intimidating. And so I could have easily walked away from that experience saying, I don't match up to this competition you know, a uh, competitive level. Instead, I took a clinic and took another clinic two months later. And I just kept going out there and playing. And now, you know, I'm not the best player out there, but I'm good enough that I can now compete with most of the people that I they go, that I get matched up with. And it it's so easy to just, I could have just walked away. And this business is no different. I, you just have to invest in yourself, invest some time but I wanted to share a couple other things too. If if people are sitting there thinking, okay, I've screwed this whole thing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've like sponsored these people and I have not given them what they needed. And what do I do now? So don't ever think that it's too late to change and that it's too, don't worry about what's gone on in the past. You really worry about what you can do moving forward. And so I would just suggest to develop 
a consistent system of onboarding, what I would call that for new consultants, meaning that you do the same thing with every consultant for the first six to eight weeks. So whether it's the weekly calls, whether it's whatever it may be, and you may you may have a, an onboarding checklist, and I know the companies do, all companies typically have an onboarding checklist of things that you want to make sure you cover with those new consultants. Just do it consistently, create a system that, that you can basically replicate, because then you've got everybody starting on the same ground, and then you figure out those that are going to really hang in there. I mean, that's what it right. comes down to. And do not, do not be afraid to set higher expectations and beyond what your fast start or your quick start programs might suggest. Because we know full well, if someone, as we talked about earlier, only sells 500 a month, even if that, we know some people don't even do that. Right. They're not making enough money to make this worthwhile. And it seems to you that it's not worthwhile as well. So we've got to really, really show that opportunity and what that money-making potential is so we can get them to dream about how that could change or impact their family situation. We've got to, we've got to put that out there and it's got to happen early. It doesn't, yeah. you can't wait months and months for that because you're, you'll lose them before that time. Yeah. And again, we talked about the stats already. So knowing your stats will really help you because if you start making some changes to what you're doing with new consultants, you're not going to know if what you're doing is helping if you don't know what to compare it to. So when you establish a benchmark in your personal and your team sponsoring, and then you can make some changes and try something for three to six months and then look back and say, okay, where, what did we see? What happened? What are right. the, because you got to know now? where you, yeah, how, how well it's working and what's, yes. Because you yes. then, you can then have a way to know that you are improving the outcome. And that's really what you're looking for is to try to make that outcome forget or um, improve. And you just can't ever forget that you're a business owner. I mean, plain and simple, every single consultant owns a small business. And so you can be sure that a stone, stone, or a store owner knows exactly, you know, where their income's coming from, where their downfalls are, where their best sales days are, if their social media stuff is making a difference, all of that. And so you're, you're no different. You need to be looking at your statistics to really find out, you know, what is working and what's not. And I can't say enough about staying connected to your new consultants, especially in those first six to eight weeks. And you you have to establish a routine with them in the beginning so that they stay connected to you. Because many times people are looking to be part of a community. And if you don't create that community and get them connected to other consultants, that's why some of the new consultant training I would do with multiple new consultants. Right. So they get a chance to know each other and they've got someone else to lean on. And it's so important to build that relationship with them and right from the beginning and get personal with them, get deep with them. We, we're so afraid to ask questions about money and all of those things. And yet that's really what people need and will respond to because very few people talk to them about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like what 500 yes. might do a month for them. They don't, they yes. don't have an opportunity. Who asks them that? <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, who does? And yet it could be something there that you just, just, expand their potential and horizon that they just never thought possible. And then this sharing the four stages. I mean, I think that's so important for you to understand it as leader. And then of course, to share that with new people. So they understand what they're going to be going through. So totally. I and I know I agree. I think, I think that all of those are the, the amazing things that will change that, that you guys, everybody out there, my listeners, it's going to change your business. So I will post the four stages of competency. So you guys Good. can check it out. And Connie, thank you so much for coming and sharing all your knowledge. I know my listeners are going to get so much out of it. So I appreciate I you. So. Absolutely. And well, 
Till next Monday, when Yo Adrian talks, realize <laughs> the power is within you.